It's Friday night, and the mood is right. Gonna have some fun, show you how it's done, T-G-I-F. Welcome to week number 228 of the Two Guys in a Friday's podcast. My name is Steven, and that over there is Travis. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. I need another hello. one over there. One more? Hello. All right, two hello. more. Three. That's probably enough. Uh, yeah. Hey, we're a TGIF podcast. We watch TGIF 30 years after it airs, and then we talk about it because it's what we decided to do. That's what we do, man. Every week. It's what we do. It's what we're doing. And that's what we're going to do uh, for the next, how many more years do we have this show? Five. Do we get a break in there, though? No. Oh, no. There's not. No. There, there is a later TGIF, though, right? There is. If we decide to do that, we get a few years break. Yeah, I don't know about that. All right. The shows just aren't as good on that. I don't I don't know. I'm not as, not as interested. We've got three shows to talk about today. Family Matters is in reruns, but before we do that, thank you, Wasmo, for the theme song this week. Wasmo, thank you, sir. TG, might be a girl, TGIFCast at gmail.com. That is the email address. If you want to send in your own version of the theme song, you can do it right there. Also, at TGIFCast on all social media. We don't post on all of it, but it's on all of it. And then uh, you can follow us, get some updates, find out where we're going to be live uh, stalking Steve Urkel this uh, spring. Yes, we are. Well, not all spring, just like one weekend. This spring, spring, we're doing it. The spring for a weekend, we will be stalking uh, Jaleel White, Steve Urkel. Yes. I already know what hotel he's staying at, so we got that done. Do you? Do you? Um, I can't say anything on here. Okay. All right. We will talk to Steve, Jaleel, whatever you want to call him. and uh, We should probably call him Jaleel when we meet him. Yeah, I was thinking about that. I probably will. Um, definitely definitely w- should. We'll see what happens. GalaxyCon in Richmond, Jaleel White's going to be there. We will be there in some form or another. We don't know exactly what form yet. but uh, MacGyver's going to be there? MacGyver's going to be there. I'm going to create uh, the best MacGyver invention ever. And then have him use it to capture Jaleel White. I'm into it. I don't know. That wasn't really his. He didn't really do a lot of capture. Oh, he captured some people. He definitely. I mean, he did. He did. He used his tools to do it. He was really more of an escaper than a capturer, though. But we don't need him to escape Jaleel White. We need him to capture Jaleel White. That's the difference. I mean, you're not wrong. Maybe what we can do is use his knowledge of how to escape to create a more escape proof trap. This is my. uh, I see what you're. I see where you're getting at there. All right. Well, that's going to happen in March, maybe. And uh, <laughs> definitely. We're definitely capturing him. Well, okay. Maybe. Maybe. We got three episodes to talk about. These aired back in 93. What was the exact date these aired on? These would have aired Friday night, January 28th, 19. You said 93, 94. 94. Right we're in 94. 94. It's 30 years later. We're talking about some shows. And we're also talking about what was going on in the world 30 years ago. On uh, January the 22nd, 1994, it was the Golden Globes. Kind of like the pre-setup for the uh, Academy Awards are coming up in a couple months. This is kind of like a preview for that. And uh, some of the big winners, Schindler's List, Tom Hanks for Philadelphia, which we've talked about, and 
Robin Williams for Mrs. Doubtfire and yeah. Mrs. Doubtfire Best Musical or Comedy. Yeah, okay, okay. Look at that. Yep, a lot of good stuff. Um, I think we talked about uh, The Fugitive at some point during the show. We did. Tommy Lee Jones, supporting actor. We did. We certainly did. Streets of Philadelphia, the song from Philadelphia by Bruce Springsteen was a winner. What? Uh, where's the TV stuff? Who won the TV? Uh, NYPD Blue, Seinfeld. Seinfeld won that. Jerry Seinfeld won. As a, you know, it's a good year. It's a good year. No, uh, no TGIF. Never not, get the love that they deserve. None? But. Not at all? No? Uh, no, 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 no? It's not looking no. good. Murphy Brown, no. Home Improvement, no. Roseanne, Married with Children. Let's see if there's any presenters Coach. from TGIF. Oh, Fresh uh, Prince. We have a little bit of a Fresh Prince connection. A little bit. Oh, no, that's Pierce Bronson, not, not Bronson Pinchot. There's not many. Let's see. Different one. They're different people. My friend Angela Lansbury. Juliet Lewis was, was a presenter. That's fun. We'll have to talk to Julia White about this. Yeah, and I don't see a single. I don't even think they invited anybody from <laughs> from uh, TGI, which is just ridiculous, just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, Christian boycotting the Golden Globes. Christian Slater. I just okay like Christian Slater. I, mean, I like Christian Slater too. I liked him better as Jack Nicholson, but. All right. That's the Golden Globes, January 22nd, 94. Also, that same week, on the 25th of January, Michael Jackson settles out of court his child sexual abuse accusations from his dentist's son. Okay. Uh, They settled out of court. They said, this does not mean that we are admitting guilt. We are just doing this to get done with it. Might not, yeah, might man, not be an ex- that might not be an exact quote, but uh, that's what every single settlement agreement says. Yeah, um, but they did. They settled it. Um, they said that uh, this dude, or a lot of people, were saying this guy was just trying to get money, and uh, he probably did. He definitely got some money. Yep. So that's it for news. What about movies and music? What was number one this week? Yeah, all new song. It is from the Three Musketeers of Contemporary Pop Rock, Brian Adams, Rod Stewart, and Sting. The song is All for Love, written for the Three Musketeers movie that came out in 1993. Is that the only thing the three of them did together? Was this song? I think so. Did they they brand themselves as the Three Musketeers? No, I did that. Oh, you did that. I did that. I mean, it's for the Three Musketeers movie. It makes sense. Yeah, no, I I wouldn't hurt on, or hate on them for uh, for naming themselves that. Just I mean, I'm either. sure I'm not the first person that has used that reference in describing this song. Yeah, we need like, to find with, some uh, 1994 MTV clips and see what they said there. Oh, I know. I'm not trying to like pretend like I invented that. I'm sure the MTV movie or you know video music awards when this song was nominated uh, that it was. Did this song get nominated for VMAs? Oh, I, I don't know. I'm just saying. Right. I'm, I mean, it was a big song. It probably got nominated for, let's see, winners and nominations. I don't even know if I ever saw the movie. Uh, we, I mean, it was a number one movie last year, so I watched it. It's okay. It's it's like, it's okay. Yeah. I think Man, I think Man in the Iron Mask is a better a better version of Three Who, Musketeers. Who's but that? Leonardo DiCaprio? Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh. Um, it did not get nominated for Best Film from a Movie at the VMAs. So maybe no one has ever said that, but I... 
I can't imagine I'm the first person that ever came up with that because that's uh, just too, too easy. January 25th, 2024, who? giving Travis credit for naming, who was it, Sting, Brian Adams, and who? Uh, Eric Clapton? Uh, Rod Stewart. Rod Stewart. The Three Musketeers of, what did you call him? Contemporary Pop Rock. Contemporary pop, Do we add rock? Or just contem- no, Contemporary Pop. You gotta have the rock in there. Contemporary, contemporary Pop Rock? Does that sound about right? Sure. I'm Wikipedia good. has the song listed as genre arena rock, which I definitely would not agree with. Well, but. I'm giving you credit. They're the three musketeers of whatever something. Okay, cool. Number one song of the week. What about movies? It's number one, Philadelphia. It's yeah, Philadelphia is number one for the last week. It's got there's a Wikipedia has a cool little like like factoid about this week. Evidently it was number one by just thirty two thousand dollars over Mrs. Doubtfire. Wow. Which is you know, you get you get three thousand more people to go see the movie and and you you, you win. You Everyone's know, but, watching those uh, Golden Globe award winning nominated true. movies. True. Philadelphia. Golden Globe. Doubtfire. Golden Globe. That's true. Both of them were. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, any birthdays this week? We do. We have one birthday, Miss Christine Larkin, Thursday, January 25th. Uh, she, of course, is Al on Step by Step. Happy birthday, happy Al. Happy birthday. Yes, happy birthday. Let's get into That's it. That's all I got. That's it. Let's do it. We got three episodes. Family Matters is on reruns. We're starting off in our 830 slot. This is Boy Meets World Season 1, Episode 14. The B-Team of Life is the name of this one. It starts off, uh, we're at the school, and the basketball coach is getting ready to post the basketball team on the door, and everyone's excited. All the boys are crowded around the door, waiting for him to put them up. Uh, Corey and Sean are talking about it, and uh, they all think what's they got some other friend too. I don't know his name, but uh, his name's Harris. I, I was a little slightly offended that they decided to bring in a random black friend for the basketball episode, but hey, you they do did. What you do in the 90s. They did, um, yeah. And uh, they're talking about making the team, but also the shame of the second team, the B team, and how much yeah. it must suck to be on the B team. Well, yeah, I, this is so confusing for so many reasons. Why? Well, and and, and Sean kind of talks about it. Sean and Harris both kind of like like talk about how ridiculous Corey is being. But so as the list goes up, the first thing we find out, the first person that we find out that makes it is Minkus. So first of all, who's trying out for this team? Like, what is going on in the school that Minkus is making the B team? Because well, clearly, that's what, that's the important thing. Minkus is making the B team. The B team sucks. The B team is just there to make you feel it, good. He tried out. Like, not every body in the school is assigned to a team. Like, at least he tried out and made the B team. I which will is what say, I would say with, in with middle school, I tried out for the basketball team. And I did not make the A team or the B team. I don't even know if there was a B team. but Oh, I, I tried out too. And I was awful. And I didn't make the team. And I shouldn't have made the team. I tried, I tried out it. one season. And that was it. I was like, oh, I guess, I'm not, I guess I'm not good enough for this. Same. I had the same experience, and I definitely was not good enough. I knew I wasn't good enough. I thought, I had, I, I, thought I had a chance after tryouts. Oh. I was like, oh, man, I might have made this. I don't. I did not, but I still wanted to do it anyways. Uh, I knew I didn't have a chance and still went into it, just, I guess, for fun. Um, yeah, so they post this list. Um, the big thing that happens here is Corey makes the B team. He's not on yes. the team with Sean and Harris. He didn't get on the A team. He's looking real sad at this point. Whereas he should just be happy that he made one of the teams and yeah. didn't get cut completely. It wasn't like me and you who just went home and 
and you know wallowed in our miserable lives yeah so theme song we come back to uh feeny and he's doing a little class on evolution of humans right now he's got uh minkus and i think sean and some random girl lined up demonstrating the different uh stages of the evolution of hu- of the human being and uh Corey walks in like real late and uh, it kind of fits perfectly in with like the evolution of humans. Like he's one of the evolutions kind of thing. Well, he's like the, it's like, he's like the, the, the slime that crawled out of the primordial right. ooze. Yeah. So it was a good little, it was a good little joke. Yeah. So he was late cause he was talking to the basketball coach and he found out that it was not a mistake. The coach did put him on the B team. And of course, Corey is still upset. Yes. Bell rings, the class ends, Corey sits behind Feeney goes over to check on him, and uh, Corey tells and explains to Feeney how being on the B-team, it's for losers, and uh, Feeney's like, well, Minkus made the B-team, and he's happy about it, and Feeney um, starts to compare making a basketball team to Darwin and natural selection and how Corey might just not have evolved into this basketball player that he thinks he is. Yeah. He's kind of real harsh with Corey, but the intent here is to challenge him and be like, maybe you're, yeah, maybe you're just not good enough. Maybe that's it. Maybe you're just, just not, just not cut out for it. Of course that gets Corey all riled up to want to go out there and prove that he is in fact good at good enough. Corey's determined He's not giving up yet. So we go to the house. Um, Corey goes, uh, where does he go here? Um, oh, to Eric's room, right? We go to the boys' bedroom. Yeah, Corey wants to talk to Eric about what's going on. Um, and Eric's just in there doing curls, trying to get trying to get all swole for the ladies. Well, Eric's the best basketball player that Corey knows. And he's like, Eric, I'm coming to you. I need help. How do I get better to play basketball? And... Uh, Eric's just working out this whole time. He's doing his curls, like you said. And uh, he. we also find out that his uh, dating life is not going great right now. He keeps getting broken up with, and he thinks it's because he's not a senior and he doesn't have a car. Right. Specifically, he got broken up with by, was it Heather this time around? Who knows? Yeah. Some girl. It's Heather. So we go downstairs. Uh, Amy is getting Morgan's princess costume ready for some play. And Corey gets home from the first game. So this is uh this is jumped in time a little bit. The first game has ended. Um Corey is trying to tell his family about how this game went, but every time he tries to say something, he keeps getting interrupted and just unable to tell anyone because every, he's the rest of the family is getting attention for their things that they did throughout the day. Right, right. Uh, and you can tell he's trying to tell them that they he didn't, didn't play, right? That he didn't play. Yeah. Yeah, so <clears throat> Morgan's getting attention for her costume. Eric's getting attention, I think, for like the dating stuff that's going on. And then Corey, just in the middle of it, in a very memorable Boy Meets World scene, busts out in a reenactment of the game in full detail exactly how it went down. So he's like, he's running around the, the living room floor. He's like, and then I went down here, and then I blocked the shot, and then I shot the three-pointer. The crowd was going crazy. It was awesome. I won the game. And then he reveals, no, I didn't. This is the only way to get your attention. I didn't even get to play. Yeah. Poor Corey. <clears throat> Poor Corey. Uh, they tell, well, his parents tell him that they're happy for him. 
even if he didn't get to play, doesn't matter. Um, but he's upset about this whole thing, too. He still feels that second string is not good enough, and he now feels that he is second string in his own family. Right. He feels like, like, because they're pe- they were paying attention to Eric, they're paying attention to Morgan, and he just feels like he is not being paid attention to. And like you said, he says he's like, I feel like I'm second string in my family too, and runs out, runs upstairs, whatever. Yeah, so the next scene is uh, Alan and Amy talking. Uh, Amy's explaining how um, it's a tough time for Corey. I mean, he's the middle kid. He's in middle school. It's he's just going through middle pause. Middle pause. And uh, I think he su- that she suggests that Alan go talk to him at this point. Yeah, that sounds right. But Alan's like, oh, I don't want to do that. Like, I think, uh, I think <laughs> he wants them maybe to both do it or something like that. So... No conversation here happens. We go to school. Uh, Minkus is talking to Corey about how awesome the game was, even though he didn't get to play either. Uh, they, he, he's just excited that he got to be there with the team, watching them win. Right. He feels he Minkus feels like he's part of the team, even though he's not, Playing. you know, an active player. And, and he is. In fairness, he is. I think that's I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we're in the cafeteria now, I think, by the way. And uh, Sean and Harris come in, and they have brought Corey a little pump-me-up thing. It's uh, the latest, or a copy of Sports Illustrated. And specifically this copy, because there is an article about some of sports' greatest players that started off on the B team or on the bench before breaking out and then becoming the superstar that they became. And somehow, I know this technically is not quite a perfect fit, but somehow in the ni- middle of the 90s, we don't get the Michael Jordan story, which blew my mind. Maybe at that point, they were sick of telling it still, but... What, like Jordan know. didn't start in college? Well, he, he got cut from... Didn't he get cut from his high school basketball team? Like, he didn't even make the... He didn't even make his high school basketball team. He, he like, got cut of the tryouts. Um, and then, obviously, went on to become Michael Jordan. So, that's kind of the whole backstory there. Yeah, so it's working for Corey, though. He's getting pumped. This article is giving him a little motivation. And then the basketball coach walks in, sees Corey in his uh, basketball jersey, and he's like, Matthews, why are you suited up? Second string doesn't go in the away games. And then we're right back to sad Corey. He is devastated. Devastated. He's got to go home, which is where we go to on the next scene. Corey gets home, and no one's there. Like uh, the lights are off. He's like walking around, like yelling people's names. No one's at the house. So very Twilight Zone. Corey turns on the TV, and uh, first there's a story about a mom that murdered his uh, murdered her daughter's Girl Scout troop because they sold cookies or something like that. I don't because the other one sold more than her daughter. Her daughter sold didn't sell as much as the other girl, so he she killed the the other girl. Yeah, and then we just kind of see like kind of like a montage of him watching TV. It's really just showing how long he's sitting here just without anyone else at the house, show after show after show while he's sitting there. Yeah, and while he's not doing anything super productive, he's also like not getting into trouble, keeping himself keeping it together, yeah, just kind of yeah being a being a teenager. Uh, Corey's starting to get hungry. He realizes it's dinner time. The family still isn't there. So he goes in the kitchen and out the kitchen window, he sees Mr. Feeney. He's got the barbecue out. He's cooking a big old chicken on that thing. Does this make any sense at all? What? The style of cooking that he's, that Feeney is doing? To cook a whole chicken on a grill? He has a whole chicken on the grill uncovered. 
I think it's fine. Well, he's at no the bar- he's fine. at the barbecue stage of this thing, so he's got it. Co- mm. He's got that thing coated in some sauce, and he's getting that crisp barbecue skin on there. But he needs the heat, right? Like, I mean, I'm not. I can't. I don't know how to barbecue. I'm not going to pretend like I am a, a grill master. But you would think that you would at least need to cover the thing to like get a nice like oven type heat on it. You got right? some flames underneath. We're good to yeah, go. Yeah, sure, but the top is wide open. It's not going to cook the top right, of that. Rolling not, that not thing, like baby. That. He's rolling it around. He's getting it cooked. Right, he knows what right, he's doing. Right. He's you Mr. know, Feeny. You know, you look, I'll admit, you know much better than I do, but I... This seemed... is Mr. Feeney we're talking about. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, he's like semi-British. He doesn't know how to barbecue. He barely knows anything about food. Corey comes up with an idea. Hops on the phone. Ring-a-ling-ling. Feeney's on the other line. Feeney runs to the kitchen to go answer the phone. And as he does that, Corey jumps out of the kitchen, runs across the yard, hops over the fence, grabs that bird off the grill, hops back <laughs> over, and while he does, accidentally drops it right in the dirt flower bed. And, this is uh, so ridiculous. Feeney opens the door. Corey ducks behind the fence. He's trying to dig that thing out. And of course, Feeney sees him. Like, I mean, they've got a picket fence. It's not like it's a solid piece. Well, of but he doesn't see him right away. He sees him because he's like looking around for the bird. And then he like looks over the fence and then he sees him. Corey, Corey's pretty tucked in behind that fence and behind the grill where the grill is. I, I don't think it's as obvious as you make it sound. Well, Corey is he caught. Does get, he does get caught, though. Um, Then he tries to throw in a comparison to what he was learning in school, calling it survival of the fittest that... That's why he was taking the bird. And uh, Feeney reveals, also at this point, after uh, Corey mentions that his family's not home, that he knows where his family is. They went to go see him in his basketball game. And Corey's like, that's all the way across town. They went all the way across town to see me not even play? And then Feeney tells him about, uh, well, they just talk about family and uh, his personal evolution. And then Corey realizes what he did was... Maybe wrong. I don't know if it's wrong, but uh, he realizes that his family's there for him, for him and begs Feeney to drive him all the way across town to this game. And he gets him there. Feeney agrees eventually, and, and they're on their way. Feeney agrees, and they are off to some town near where they live. I think like 45 minutes away, they mentioned at some point. Was it that far? I didn't catch that, man. I mean, he's already been watching TV for like four hours, and then... 45 minute drive and then i got to imagine this game's over by the time they get there you would think but we see the family getting back home um and everyone's real happy for Corey. i'm like why are they happy for him what happened here well (laughs) he got to play uh three of the starters they get sick is that what happened um they fouled out i think or something maybe that's what it was they were there but then then couldn't play. Then I think they got fouled out. So the coach was just trying to find anyone he could to get uh, into this game. And uh, Corey got to play and he scored six points and he's happy. His family's happy. His dad tells him how proud he is of him. And uh, Corey asks, uh, did you guys go all the way to that game? Even though you knew I was going to be on the bench. And this is where they say, we don't care. We support you no matter what. And uh, we always just want you to try your best. And if you need attention, you know what? Just tell us that you need attention. We know that we've got a lot going on. We know that you're the middle child. We know we've got Morgan, but just let us know. Yeah. And then, and then Alan does this thing that I'm pretty sure comes back in a later episode in like a very serious moment. 
pretty sure I couldn't find it. I couldn't put my hands on it, but I'm pretty sure this reoccurs where Alan grabs Corey's face and says, as long as you have my face, you have my attention. Yeah, he does like a reverse uh, home alone on him, right? Yeah, but I mean, he doesn't slap him. He just like grabs him and holds him and looks at him and looks at him in the face. I wouldn't call that a reverse Home Alone at all. I don't think this is a Home Alone esque. The only thing similar to Home Alone is there are hands on someone's cheeks. That's all I was going for. Yeah, I don't think that works. Um, but I am like ninety five percent sure this comes back in a later, like maybe like, a much like college later years episode. or something like that. Yeah, yeah, like a much later episode and a very serious conversation between. I couldn't remember if it was Corey and Alan or maybe Alan and and Eric. But somewhere in that fatherly conversation, this happens again. It could have been in uh, Girl Meets World, too. Could have been. But I'm pretty sure this is, a, this is referred back to. Well, guess Maybe what? I want to mention... Guess what? It comes back five seconds later because Morgan does it to Corey. That's true. That's true. I also want to mention, Alan does also say, hey, and not only am I proud of you for the game, but I'm also proud that you were at home. You were taking care of yourself. You were doing just fine. You had the ability to go and get Feeney and muster him up to bring you to the game. Like You showed that you are, you know, you're getting... You're doing well. You're getting responsible and mature. They're proud of Corey. They're proud of Corey. And then Corey goes and reads a book with Morgan. Because she's proud of him. My brother scored six points in the game. I want him to read me a book tonight. He's the rock star. He's a superstar. Uh, Credit scene. We've got uh, Corey telling his friends about how Feeney is a madman in the car. He drives crazy. He's so fast. And no one believes him until seconds later, Corey walks in. I think Feeney walks in. Feeney walks in, I think, with the gym coach, right? The best. I believe coach. so. They're like, this is this is the person, the actor. This is the extra we've paid for this this uh, episode, so we're using him as much as we can. Corey's got on, or uh, Feeney's got on his uh, his aviators. He's got on his driving, driving gloves. gloves. They're talking about speeding down the road, and if it wasn't for that one red light, that he would have won. And uh, <laughs> uh, Feeney tells the coach, "You snooze, you lose." Yes, that's that, it. That wraps it up. So, yeah, that's uh, Boy Meets World this week. We go into our 9 o'clock slot, right? Is that where we're at? 9 o'clock? 9 o'clock, step by step. This episode directed by Mr. Patrick Duffy. Oh, is it? It is. It is. Uh, 13 with a bullet is the name of this episode. It starts off, we're in the kitchen. Frank is excited to show uh, Carol a uh, ad for Wild Game of the Month Club where you can order all kinds of crazy meats. If I knew how to grill, I'd be all about this. She's not interested. Um, he is, though, so he's going to order it and just not share it with her. Uh, Mark gets home, and he's excited because it's his birthday coming up. He's turning 13 years old. He is, he is. And uh, he's real excited. He wants to have a party, and Carol's like, what kind of party do you want? And he's like, I want a boy-girl party, and I want lots of girls there. <laughs> Well, she uh, she initially recommends, like, why don't we do a pirate party? This kind of harkened back to that episode from a season or two ago where Dana wanted the, like, teenage party and and, and Carol was like, now I'm your mom. You're going to be a child forever. Frank's like, yep, he's 13, all right. <laughs> and that's your intro. Theme song, we Girls. come back to uh, Cody watching some foreign TV. I don't think he knows what's going on. Maybe he does. Cody's uh, smarter than you think. In some things, I agree. Um, Cody's smarter than than he thinks. Karen and Dana come home. Um, I don't know. They're talking about their day. But then JT comes in, and we find out that he got his first A ever. Yeah, he's finding his niche in life. That's good for him. Uh, he lets them know that he got it in auto shop. Of course, Dana laughs because she thinks auto shop is a joke. 
And Cody has to step in and tell her that it's a lot harder than she thinks. And this is where we get our diss of the week. Yeah, and for your information, I had to take a very difficult final exam. Yeah, right. What did that consist of? Exposing your butt crack while you check the oil? <laughs> no. So, um... I just want to say, I know this is for the sake of a show, but I refuse to believe anybody is that ignorant as to what as to Dana thinking that, like, this is just easy, like, skate on ice type stuff. I'm siding a little bit with Dana here. No way. So they make a bet. Obviously, Dana thinks it's easy. JT thinks it's hard. The bet is if she can pass the same final that JT passed, or I think he, she actually, actually has to get a better grade than JT, right? Well, that, I think I don't think you can get a better. I think he got a, a hundred. Like but I think that so was part of it. The, uh, the, I think she just has to do the same as him. Same or better, sure. Um, but if, if she does... Um, then he's going to do her chores for a month and vice versa. Like she's going to do his chores for a month if she doesn't. Right. That's the bet. We're laying it down. Now we got a Mark. Mark's in the bathroom. He's checking himself out. He's, uh, he thinks he's looking good at 13, 12 and three quarters. I don't know what he is. 12 and nine tenths. Birthday's coming up soon. Frank comes in and Mark's like, I think I'm ready. It's time for my first shave. And Frank's like, oh, okay. Well, I can offer you some help. Let me uh, let me go get my uh, the razor my dad taught me on, and I'll sit in here with you, and uh, I will teach you how to shave. Why don't you uh, lather your face all up, and I'll be right back. So, Mark being pretty, a good dad, being Mark, a good dad. Mark's pretty excited. Um, Frank comes back. Uh, he's got well, no. Before Frank gets back, uh, Al pops in real quick, and like. And just sees uh, Mark getting ready to shave and makes fun of him. I forget what she says right here. But yeah, she gives him a hard time. Says he already shaved his legs. And not a lot of Al in this episode. No, not a lot of. Uh, yeah, I guess she's the Karen. Her and Karen are the ones that you don't see a lot of. Karen a little bit at the end, but. Brendan is Brendan in it all? Do I feel like you see Brendan at one point? I can't remember why. Um, during the party, that's why. During the party. That's right. All right, so. Al leaves, Frank comes back, uh, gives Mark the razor, starts to go at it. Carol pops in, and she's like, what is going on here? Because she has no idea why Mark's shaving right now, because there's no way he's got anything to shave on his face. No, not at all. Frank's telling him how he did a great job, everything's perfect, it's so smooth, it looks great. And uh, Carol is, uh, I think Mark maybe walks out to, back to his room or something, and then Carol... Ooh, talks to Frank out. She's a bit worried that he's shaving, but then this is where we learn. And if you didn't figure it out yourself that, uh, there's no blade in that razor. This is just Frank. Uh, this ma- is good. Making Mark Frank's happy. Good, yeah. yeah. Frank's being good, a good dad. So we go right from here to party time. It's a big party too. Lots of kids. I mean, 20, maybe Mark is pulling more kids at his party than, than Steve was able to, that any of the like nerd characters pull at their parties. He's doing Oh, he's the nerd doing... characters for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean this is comparable to like 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 an Eddie house. party. Yeah, this is a good stuff. I don't know about Eddie, but close. I mean, amount of people. Probably about the same. Eddie, Eddie filled up that whole backyard during a wedding. Oh, I'm thinking like living room Eddie party. Okay, maybe, maybe. 
Mark, though, being a little bit of a wallflower, he's standing off to one side, not talking to anyone. Uh, Cody comes in with some pizza for the kids. Of course, everyone's excited for that. And Mark goes to Cody for some advice. How do I get a girl that I like to dance with me? And Cody makes it real simple for him. You just go over there and ask her. Go ask. He does. And what do you know? She says yes. Wasn't expecting that. But they dance and Mark has some moves. He throws them he all is... out. Yeah. If there's a move from this the is, 90s. By the way, I think it's worth mentioning. This is this is Gia from from. Oh, Full yeah, House. yeah. We've seen her in Full House. Have we seen her on Step by Step as well or no? She's been in other stuff. I can't. I don't have. Yeah, she pops in and that. out. I thought she was older than this at this point. In, I, I did too. Career. This is this. I a hundred percent because I feel like in the in Full House she's friends with DJ. So which would no her... no no isn't she in the band with Steph? Like they they're in the like she's definitely in the band. But I thought for some reason I thought she was friends with DJ. But maybe you're right. Maybe, maybe we watched on a newer episode because I feel like she no, and no, Stephanie I think are you're right. rocking out in that band with. I think you're right. I think you're right. She does also, for what it's worth, come back in, in Fuller House. But yeah, anyways, this is Gia. Gia's a favorite for everyone. Um, so they dance. He's busting out all the moves. I think we get the cabbage patch, the sprinkler. It's all in there. Like the disco. Yeah, everything. Um, and uh, the song ends. And then music goes dead for a second. And one of the random girls says, Hey guys, who wants to play Spin the Bottle? What do you know? She's got a bottle in hand ready to go. Yeah, she came prepared. Sir- I thought it was a guy, but whatever. Doesn't matter. It's some blonde girl from what I remember. A little chubby dude. I think it's a girl. All right. Circle forms on the floor, and this is going to happen. We go check in the kitchen real quick, though, before Spin the Bottle happens. Frank and Carol prepping some uh, some snacks for the party. And this is where we get our Brendan appearance. He comes in and he's like, hey, mom, dad, they're playing spin the bottle in the other room. And Frank's like, let's be cool about this. Nothing crazy is going to happen. Let's just let it go. And then Carol's like, oh, yeah, I remember my first party. We were playing a kissing game too, three minutes in heaven. And we went into the I went into the closet with some boy. And then, oh, no. And then she gets real freaked out and wants to run in there. Right. Does Frank's she like, run don't in worry. Or Frank stops her. No, no, Frank stops her because Frank's like, don't worry, Mark is not whatever that dude's name is that I want to call that, him Bobby, uh, but I don't know if that's right. I might be. It was something really kind of like fifties generic. Um, so it might have been Bobby. So uh we go back to the living room. Spin the bottle is happening, and who's up to spin but that girl, Gia, whatever her name is in this episode. Marissa. Her name is Marissa in the episode. Marissa's up to spin. And this is Mark's chance. So she takes the bottle, gives it a nice spin. That thing's rotating fast. Mark says, going. oh, look, outside, it's lightning. And then everyone turns around, looks out. Mark grabs the bottle, flips it around, points it right to him. And he's like, oh, I must have been mistaken. And then they look down to see Marissa's bottle spun has landed on Mark. And she's game. She's playing the game. She's down. Gives Mark a, gives Mark a kiss. She's got no problem with it. This has got to be Mark's first kiss, right? I imagine. They kiss. You hear, like, the angelic music. Mark is elated, and uh, he could not be happier of what's going on Good right word. Now. Good word. Um, all right. 
so I don't know if we're the next day. Probably it could possibly be the next day or a couple days later. But yeah, sometime in the future. It's definitely not the same night. But Mark is uh, in a suit. He's on the stairs, and he's... it's not a suit. I wouldn't call it a suit. It's more like a sports like a smoking coat? jacket. Yeah, sports coat. Kind of like it's more like loungy than a suit. A suit makes it makes you think that he's like going to a wedding like, or a funeral. Yeah, this is more of a this is more of like a lounging kind of like. I'm too sexy kind of kind of get up. What do you know? I'm too sexy is what Mark starts singing right in the mirror on the stairs. He's singing it. He's got the music blasting. Carol gets home. Mark doesn't even see her get home. He's still singing. She stands. No, right. I disagree with you. I disagree with you. And that's why I like oh, that this she doesn't scene even better. care. He doesn't care. That he doesn't even in. care. I think he she gets home. He clearly sees that. And he's like, I don't even care. I'm singing. I'm going. I, I thought it was. I thought I liked it. I liked it. Yeah, and he continues to sing as he sta- as she stands behind her, and uh, <clears throat> this is where we also see he's also saved this bottle from spin the bottle. <laughs> he's got a little ribbon on it. He's got a ribbon on it. This is his prized possession. This is how he now has who he thinks is his girlfriend, Marissa. That bottle made him a man. I mean, it did. Um, he tells his mom that he bought uh, Marissa some a bouquet of roses that he has got had them delivered, I'm assuming, to her house. He used his birthday money to buy them. And now he wants to go over to her house to see if she liked the flowers. Is that what it was? I thought she invited, he invited her over. No, not and yet. And that's why she ends up showing up. No, okay. no, no. Okay. He wants to go over there to her house and okay. see okay. if she liked him. And Carol's like, I think you're moving a little too fast, Mark. Let's slow this thing down. And before Mark gets to leave to go over to her house, the doorbell rings, and it's Marissa. She has shown up now to his house to return the flowers. Yes. Yeah, here to to crush some souls. She says, it wouldn't be right to keep them. There's another boy that I like. And I'm sorry, Mark. Thank you so much for inviting me to your party. I had a great time, but I can't accept these flowers. So or Mark gives back the flowers, tells Mark once again, thanks for inviting her. She leaves, leaving Mark devastated. I mean, he's crushed. He's crushed. Uh, I get it. I feel you, Mark. I've been, we've been, we've all been there. Carol's there. She experienced the whole thing. She checks on Mark. Mark drops the flowers, runs upstairs, real upset. I mean, I feel for him. Back to the other subplot of this episode. (laughs) Get to the other story. Dana's walking into the garage. She's ready to fix a car, and she still thinks it's going to be so easy as she takes this uh, exam showing that she can also get an A in auto shop. I still, I'm a little surprised at at what you said. I, I still think that anyone who thinks that is out of their mind. Car exam starts. Karen's there too. Karen's got on uh one of those like mechanic onesie type coverall things. <laughs> They're called overall. Yeah, coveralls, overalls. Yeah. Uh Dana starts. First step is to uh change the oil of the car. And she's uh on one of those what do they call those roller things? I don't know. They got they got, they got names. I think I, I you're you're already telling me that I don't think you could pass this. You've said the the I didn't, I didn't mechanic... say I could pass it right now. You You've called the mechanic, you've called overall slash coveralls 
mechanic onesie things and now they're she's on the rolly thing i don't I, I could not pass it right now with no knowledge but give me two days i can pass it okay car exam starts Dana, i hope you i hope the people that work on your cars aren't listening to this dana's on a rolly thing rolling back and forth doing car stuff hand me the metal thing the metal turny thing karen so i can get this this metal screwy thing out of the the bottom of the car piece Cody starts talking about uh, his first oil change. Then he wonders if he's confused about his first oil change. She finishes up some steps, um, rolls back out, hands JT something, and JT realizes this something is important. This is the oil plug. If she doesn't put this in the car, we're going to have a disaster. But he well, And Cody realizes this, too, and tries to be like, what do we do, JT? Do we tell her or do we do we let her keep going? And JT's like, we let her keep going. Yeah, we just be quiet. Don't say anything. She rolls back under the car. She's like, all right, Karen, go ahead and pour it in. While Dana's still under the car, we hear a scream. She rolls back out. There's oil all over her face. That oil plug was important. Man, Cut- that, that, looked, that was a good little good little gag. Chocolate sauce everywhere. Chocolate syrup everywhere. Cody has declared Dana the loser. He's like, well. Yeah, see, we don't even know what the rest of the test was because Dana didn't even get to it. Well, what he says is, well, JT got 100 and obviously you didn't, so you lose. Right, right. So that's it. That's it for all that. Uh, We go back in the house. We're back into Mark's subplot. Well, main plot, I would say. Carol's checking on Mark. Mark is locked himself into the bathroom. He won't let anyone in. And uh, he tells his mom, all girls are the same. Get away. And you're one of them. Frank comes in, tries to check on Mark. Mark lets him in. Mark tells him what happened. And Frank tells him, you know what, Mark? This is all being part of a man. You've got to take risks. And one day you'll find a girl that will like you as much as you like her. And everything will be okay. I wonder if we ever get a Mark, like Mark's relationship. Yeah. Like multi-episode girlfriend. I can't remember. Yeah. I don't know. I don't... Yeah, we do. I wonder if we ever get that. We, we do. do we? Yeah. You know this. You know this. Okay. All right. All right. He's like, Mark, you ready to shave again? How long has it been since your last shave? He's like, well, it's been exactly 18 hours. All right. It's time. And uh, let me go get, let me go get my dad's razor. And Mark says, hey, Frank. You think he can put a blade in it this time? <laughs> he knew the whole time. He knew. And then Mark starts lathering up and singing I'm Too Sexy in the Mirror once again. End of episode, credit scene. We've got Mark. Uh, he's in the kitchen with JT, and he's got a list of girls, and he's just going through them, calling and asking them out, seeing if any of them will bite. And JT says, Mark, you know you just got to keep trying. It's a game. It's a numbers game. If you ask 100, one of them will say yes. And he goes right back to the phone. I think we're at number 57 and then 58. And uh, he's just going down this list. He calls another, um, who we don't hear her, but we kind of come to the conclusion that she said yes to him on the phone. But Mark is so used to... Because JT says, did she say yes? Yeah. And Mark is just so used to all the girls saying no that he doesn't even realize she says yes, hangs up on her. And then freaks out when JT makes the realization and uh, he starts scrambling to call her back. Yeah, this is a little bit weird because he's acting like he doesn't know how to call her back. Um, 
which I thought was the like, redial just, button. <laughs> yeah, or like you had her number two seconds ago. Just get that number back. Um, but whatever. Good for Mark. So that's step by step. Final episode of the night is Hanging with Mr. Cooper, season two, episode 15, The Courtship of Mr. Cooper. Starting off with Tyler and Nicole. They're in the kitchen. Geneva walks in, and uh, Nicole is dumping out the cereal because she's trying to find that secret Dakota ring inside. She wants the prize. Vanessa comes also, in. Also been there, done that. For a secret Dakota ring? Or not just for, a prize? Not, a prize. I don't feel like secret Dakota rings were a thing anymore when we were when we were kids. Do you? Do you feel like, was that a prize no. that you ever? No. Yeah, I don't either. No. But, I mean, this show was on when we were kids. I know, but I think that they're just kind of using the classical reference as opposed to, you know, what was actually happening at the time. So Vanessa comes in. Apparently, Vanessa was the one that took the secret Dakota ring out of the cereal. She lost a couple of her nails while she was doing it, uh, one of which she's still looking for, the other of which Tyler is now choking on. So she did find one of her. She, so all of her nails are accounted for. Is that your position? Um, I think there's one that they find as they're digging through. And okay, because the there was a piece of this one... episode that surprised me a little bit go ahead another one what is in tyler's mouth now so i think two are found in this scene and i think those are the last two that's what i got okay okay when we get to it let me know i will so mark comes in who is now dating denise they weren't dating before this episode right denise is new yes denise is new denise is new he's dating some girl named denise um, he says it's not real serious and, uh, Mark kicks Tyler out of the house at this point, And then we find out Denise is an attorney. She's not after money. She comes in over to the house and, well, uh, wait, 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 I think, I think it's important to kind of establish exactly where Mark is in this relationship. Cause he said it's not serious. And one of the things he likes about Denise is that she also seems to be going pretty casual with it. You know, isn't asking to meet her family, isn't trying to get him her, you know, they're, they're not hanging out all, too often, but often enough to be dating. Like there's all these qualities that he appreciates in her because it's it's kind of low, low key, low pressure, like, you know, not too serious. Yeah, all good and then, points. And then, all thanks. And then Denise shows up. Yep. And she breaks it right out. <laughs> hey, Mark, I want you to meet my parents. They're coming over. I want you to come over for dinner to meet my parents. They're coming in from out of town. So maybe this thing is a little more serious than Mark thinks. Yeah. Uh, theme song, we come back. We're continuing the scene right where we left off. Um, not only does she want him to go out with her parents for dinner on Saturday, she also wants him to go to church with them the next day after that. So right. now he's getting worried. He thinks this yeah. thing is too serious, not where he wants to be. She's like, don't worry, Mark. My parents will love you like a son. She leaves. Mark's freaking out with Geneva and Vanessa. Yeah, everything has gone south in the matter of like two minutes for this guy. He is not ready for the future. Definitely not ready for a future with Denise at this point. And uh, while this is all going on, Geneva breaks a filling in her mouth. And so here's my th- here was my question. And, oh, and this did she break it on the nail? That's what I thought. I thought that was the implied part. And I was always surprised. I was surprised the entire episode that at no point does she like blame Vanessa for having her nail in there or like somehow tie this yeah. back to Vanessa. Cause that just seems obvious, right? She's eating the cereal. She broke the teeth. Vanessa had lost some nails in the cereal. It just seems like that is a natural. Yeah. I mean, I like, definitely think they could have gone that way, but I don't think they did go that way. Like I, like you said, there's okay. no mention of it. Like, 
Right. And that's why I was surprised. I don't know if it was maybe just intentional or a missed opportunity or, or what. Um, I think I did think it. Geneva just doesn't like the dentist. She doesn't go that often. We find that out throughout the episode. And this just yeah. is a coincidence that it happens while she's eating. I did. I did hearken this back, though, to our, you know, our standing belief that there are like shared writer rooms. And this was going to be a dentist episode like the the Family Matters episode last week. Yeah. Oh, but we didn't go out to the actual set for this one, right? No, we, I mean, she never really, I mean, I guess she does go to the dentist, but we we don't see that scene. Yeah. So she's broke her filling. She doesn't, we, she lets everyone know that she doesn't like dentists. She doesn't want to go get it fixed right away because she hates them. And uh, Coop is still here wanting to uh, get out of this. Like he's not ready to look into the future. Yeah. Yeah. He's nervous. Uh, skip a little later. Coop is still dreading the future. Geneva is still dreading the dentist. Irvin and Andre come over, and uh, they're trying to get some money from Coop because they need to hire a DJ for the Valentine's dance. Right. And he tells them, well, if you need money, you need to raise it the way everyone does when they're in school and uh, make that money yourself. Why don't you guys start a car wash or something? And that's what they do. We go a little later. Kid, game. Kids are having a car wash. They're doing it right in uh, Coop's driveway for s- some reason instead of like a real public place, like a gas station. <laughs> like the corner of a inter- busy intersection. And uh, yeah, but they're getting at it. They've got a couple cars already that they're washing. Uh, they got Tyler scrubbing the uh, hubcaps with Vanessa's toothbrush. And yeah, uh, involved. I think Coop's out there for a second just checking in on him, but then he goes inside because the phone rings and uh, it's Denise. Well, I do. I want to do mention there's a sign that they point out at this point. Oh, the sign's important. Yep. And it says, you know, car wash, but it's car wash is spelled with a K. Uh, But there is a sign at this point. Two signs. Is there two? Is there a second one? One on each side, like one on their wall of their house and then one on the neighbor's wall or fence or something like that. Yeah. I do like we get to see a shot of the entire like alley driveway. And I think that's a first for this show. Yeah. So this phone call kind of changes things pretty quick from what I remember. Like uh, he pretty much lets her know that he feels like he's getting forced into marriage. Doesn't she? Doesn't he? Or is that later? That's later when she actually shows up. Is that she just calls? She just calls to say, Hey, I just wanted to call because I wanted to just say hello. And he's like, that's weird. He does say like, that's weird. That might be a little much, but it really, nothing seems to come of that okay. from that conversation. And then I wrote down, feels like he's being forced into marriage. This is something that he tells like Vanessa or Geneva or something at this point. Well, it's, it's a concern generally. Cause he's like, her, her mom wants to see me in church. All, all she wants to do is see me on the aisle to see what I look like. You know, like there's all these kind of references to him feeling like this is all a plot to get him, get him there. Yeah, and while this is all going on, Thaddeus comes over too, um, comes in talking about his car. I think it's like a BMW or something like that, maybe Mercedes. New car, right? New car? Uh, It's an antique, so new to him. But new to him, right? Didn't he just get it? Because he comes over to give uh, Vanessa a ride. Oh, yeah, because he bought like a little hat for her to like drive around in and stuff, and he's really excited about it. And uh, Irvin comes in at this point, and he's like, hey, man. Uh, shows him the sponge. Paint's coming off your car. And he's like, oh no. Because uh, he shouldn't have been washing it. As uh, his light. He was he didn't plan on getting it washed, but they started washing his car anyways because it was parked well, there. Well, he also, 
Yeah, he also tells as like before Urban even comes in, Mark's like, "Hey, you want a car wash?" And that is like, "No, I only get my car washed at the finest car detailing locations in all of in all of Greater Oakland or whatever the hell he says." Yeah, and now uh, Irvin and the boys have washed his car, and the paint is wiping right off. Yep. Skip a little later. Uh, Geneva's tooth still hurting. Vanessa finds an earring in the couch, who they think is Denise's, uh, and then Denise comes over. And this is where, really, the conversation with the two of them really flips fast. And, I mean, Coop's bringing up all the stuff that's been bothering him. Of course, she gets mad with him and pretty much breaks up with him on the spot. Yeah, yeah. And Coop, I mean, in fairness, Coop is kind of, he's not being as... Well, he's relieved, but he's also wasn't very... Uh, I, I don't know if diplomatic is the right word. He kind of was just like, like being a little, little mean, I would say. Well, yeah, I mean, he, was he has convinced himself that this is what's going on. I'm meeting her parents because she wants to get married and that's not what he wants. So he really doesn't care that he's being mean because he's yeah. getting the outcome that he wants. That's fair. Yep. 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 So could have been nice about it. But. So she leaves, they break up, she leaves. Um, then Tyler comes over with a police officer and we find out from the police officer that Thaddeus is suing Mark Cooper for damages to his car. So obviously, we can figure that out right here. This car wash has damaged the paint on his car. Thaddeus is, for some reason, blaming Coop for this happening and now suing Coop for the damages. I mean, just use your insurance, dude. A little later... Um, Coop is now getting ready to represent himself in court. He's in a suit in the house. Um, he, what I write here? Uh, Coop thinks that Denise is going to come back to him, I guess. Yeah. He's still under this impression that she's going to, she's going to be run, running back to him, apologizing and, and make everything okay, which is weird considering the fact he was the one that really didn't want to be in the relationship to begin with. Yeah, Geneva is still complaining about her tooth, and uh, she's going to be his star witness in this trial because uh, she's the one that hung these signs up, and she's going to go to court and 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 admit to the uh, court that these signs were hung where Thaddeus obviously could have seen him if he parked his car there. Not a bad defense. Yeah. Go to court. Um, we find out that Denise is Thaddeus's lawyer. So that's throwing a wrench in plans right there. Not only that, but she was recommended to Thad. By Vanessa, right? By Vanessa. <laughs> Vanessa is so, so out of it in this episode. It's, it's almost, it's almost too much, but it, it's funny. It ends up being really funny. They go into the courtroom. The trial starts. Who's the judge? Obviously it's someone famous. Okay. The audience goes so crazy. The, yes, it is. I, and I, there's another piece where there's a, a line she has a little bit later in the episode. That's that like a callback or something. We really need to really need to drill in on, but this is, her name is Isabel Sanford and she, um, she was uh, Louise Jefferson in the Jefferson. Okay. But we'll talk more about that in a minute. Coop's first witness, Geneva is running late. So he doesn't know what to do. Um, he's trying to stall. She does eventually show up, but the problem is she actually went to the dentist and now she can barely talk. Like no one can understand what she's saying. So this... also though, she went to the dentist because Vanessa recommended. Yeah. Um she can't talk, which means the court can't understand what she's saying. So really his witness is dead to him at this point. 
it, she yeah she can't even she can barely even say her name um he does have one of the signs that was hung up though this is his first uh, evidence that he would like to submit to the court he brings out this sign car wash five dollars with a k and at this point with everything going on the judge is suggesting once again that Coop really needs to hire an attorney. Like, him representing himself is not really working for him. But Coop is still trying for it. He thinks he can do this. He calls up his next witness, Vanessa, and Coop questions her and asks if she saw the sign. And she says, yeah, I saw it, but I took it down because it was spelled wrong and it looks stupid. Really ruining uh, Coop's chances at this point. So... Um, Denise comes up, she starts to question Vanessa, and, uh, Vanessa says, oh, yeah, that car wash thing, there's no way that, uh, Thad would have got his car washed, because he just got it painted, and it makes no sense to get your car washed right after you got it painted, so, Vanessa is really screwing it up for Coop at this point. Alright, so then we get a commercial break, and... When we come back, we've got Thaddeus now in the chair. He's a witness now. He's being questioned by, uh, I think, Coop at this point, where, uh, or no, no, I think it's uh, Denise is questioning him at this point, right? Well, she should be the first one. I mean, in practice, she should be the first one questioning him. And, yeah. And I think she just, and this is where we start to get, like, the name, too, I think of the shop that did the paint job, this Da Vinci. Well, before, I, maybe even before we get into that, um, Coop and Denise like start to argue about their relationship in the middle of the courtroom. Well, before, and before that, <laughs> I, I would just say, I think we get the name of it. Like it's just brought up here. Like, Oh, you got it done at Da Vinci. And then they continue. But Mark starts to do what I think is an even better argument with, with Thad, which is like, well, what did you think, man? You pulled up and you parked in my driveway. You saw all these people out there with buckets, washing cars. Like, well, what did you think was going to happen? You know, you think that they're not going to wash the car that's next in line? Like, that is the argument now that Mark is on since Vanessa has admitted she took down the sign. But yeah, then then Denise and Mark start getting into their relationship in the middle of the court. Yeah, and while they're arguing about their relationship, Geneva's mouth is suddenly better from the dentist. She stands up and she says that she's got some important information for this trial. She does. But before that, there's a cut to the judge where she makes a comment to the bailiff where she's like, I don't even know why I'm doing this. My husband owns a, a, dry, a, a, a chain of dry cleaners, um, which is what George Jefferson. her husband, George Jefferson, owned in the Jeffersons. And that that's the, the callback to the Jeffersons. Gotcha. So uh, Geneva stands up and she says, Judge, I've got some information. There's actually a class action lawsuit going on right now against the auto shop that Thaddeus took his car to because of faulty paint jobs. And Thaddeus is like, class action lawsuit? I need to change lawyers. There's a lot more money in this for me, so he's done. (laughs) Uh, The judge is like, I don't know what's going on. This case is dismissed, and Coop is off the hook. Thaddeus is going to go try to get more money. And that's it. The episode ends right there. That's the end of the episode. Yeah, but also, it seems as though Denise and Mark have, have at some extent worked it out a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So that's where we kind of have a little bit going on with the credit scene, if I remember right, too. So, uh, right, right. Tyler and Nicole are playing like court trial in the living room. And right. uh, while they're doing that, Denise and Coop get back. And Coop still wants. Um, 
I think, I don't know, Coop admits, right, at this point to kind of jumping to conclusions with the whole, like, you just wanted to marry me kind of thing. Yeah, and she's like, well, you're the one that wanted to do it on the couch. That's why you found the the <laughs> earring there. And she's like, got, she's got kind of a reason for everything. And as this is going on, something falls out of her briefcase. Coop picks it up, and it is a copy of the magazine Courtroom Bride. And, uh... Oh, man. Coop just says, mm-hmm, and uh, that's the end of the episode. Well, and she comes up with an excuse for that, and then and then uh, Nicole is also like, uh-huh. Uh, maybe and she so was all, that, mm-hmm. Uh, maybe. <laughs> they're all on to her now. Maybe. Like, even if that if that even is her plan, who knows? Yeah. But yeah, but that's it. That's our uh, episodes for the week. Uh, this is the point of the show where we rank them. We determine uh, what we thought were our favorite episodes, ranking them all the way from one to however many episodes there were this week. Um, I don't know. Do you want to go first? You want me to go first? Go first. I can go first. I am going to do Boy Meets World at three, Step by Step at two, and Hang on Mr. Cooper at number one. I think I'm way different than you. I'm going to have Coop at three, Boy Meets World at two, and Step by Step at one. I thought it was a good week all around. I don't it was a pretty solid yeah. week. Um, not so. the every week kind of storylines that were going on yeah. every week. We got a little more Mark this week, which was fun. Uh, we get more into like Coop relationship. Um, and then uh, with Boy Meets World, I mean, solid like family storytelling that we grown yeah. to love about that show. Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was a good week. I thought it was a good week. Yeah, absolutely. What do we have uh, coming up next week on the show? Full week, man. Family Matters, Season 5, Episode 16, Boy Meets World, Season 1, Episode 15, Step by Step, Season 3, Episode 16, and Hanging with Mr. Cooper, Season 2, Episode 16. Full week of shows. We're getting back into it. Thank you, Wasmo, for the theme song this week. Thank you, Wasmo. TGIFcast at gmail.com if you want to email us your own version, or if you've got any questions that you want to email us, that's the best way to do it, at TGIFcast on all social media. You can find out what we're doing, where we're doing, where we're doing it at, and uh, we will be back next week with a whole brand new four episodes for you. Yeah, it's going to be a fun week. It's going to be a fun week. Um, Anything else we're talking about? Any other TGIF news? I feel like there's been a lot of convention stuff, but I don't know if there's any TGIF. Nothing I can think of. Okay. They added, uh, didn't they add uh, JT onto the step-by-step panel at 90s? They did. I don't know. Did we not talk about that? I don't know. That might have been like the day after. I can't remember. Okay. Yeah, they added JT to, uh, to, what, Awesome Con? Or 90s Con. 90s Con. Yeah, because I think we did talk about last week that those were the only two people missing. And, uh, yeah. They they have I mean, if, they, if they can get Brendan, they've pretty much got everybody. Um, unless you want to add like Penny and Ivy, which you know that might be cool. Could be cool. Yeah, that's all I got. Cool. Have a good week, Steve. You got it, dude. It's Friday night, and the mood is right. Gonna have some fun. Show you how it's done. T G I F T B A podcast.